Me siento enojada, frustrada. I am mad, frustrated. Pero aquí en WoW regreso y me respetan. But here in WoW I come back and I get a respect. Y ahora quien se enfrente, cualquier oponente, cualquier rival, lo voy a destruir. Voy a terminar con quien sea. And now, whoever is in front of me, any rival, I'm going to destroy them. Y no voy a descansar hasta ser la primera mexicana campeona de WOW. And I'm not going to rest until I become the first Mexican as a WOW champion. of fame and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. And this match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. This is your host, Mr. Green, and we are rolling into episode 40 of Wow Women of Wrestling. This is another review, and the episode title is called Welcomings and Whoopings. So, they've got quite the bit of stuff that was going on here, and this particular episode was the. Um, Assumably, the blow off of a I can't even call it a feud. Is it a well, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, we're going to call it a feud. The mother truckers against uh, Samantha Smart and her group. Um, but before we go into that, it has been, uh, it is official now that WoW has been approved for a second season. Uh, congratulations to them. I will say. Uh, and I've said this a couple of times before that they should not be taking hiatuses. It gives them too much time and problems to, you know, that, for things to go wrong. And for whatever reason, I don't know who got in whose ear. I don't know who made a suggestion. I don't know where it, whether it was in-house or out-of-house. But somebody there decided, you know what, let's just keep this thing going. I've always said that that was the appeal of wrestling to television networks is that it provides year-round content. And generally speaking, wrestling has a very loyal fan base. So you're talking year-round content with a generally set number of people that will watch this show that you can count on week in and week out. Wow well, is pretty much that. Now, I, I did get into the ratings at one point I, I, on one of the earlier episodes. Uh, the average being around a 0.05 or 0.04, which essentially translates to about a quarter of a million people across the country. Now, <clears throat> the 
the question that I had at that time was, how do we qualify that as being good or bad? We don't know what the budget for WoW is. You know, they're not a publicly traded company. They're not obligated to give uh, their opinions or, or I shouldn't say their reports, not opinions. They're, they're not obligated to give their reports or tell anybody what they earn and all that. I mean, and, and let's face it, their production and what they earn off of ad revenue is probably going to dictate whether those numbers are good or bad for them. I would assume that it is good because they have been approved that the email has already gone out and they are going into a second season and as such the tickets are on sale so i will do uh, my little piece here and they'll say that their tickets are now available as of i'm recording this now it was yesterday um they started the same day that they sent the email it started friday june 23rd so i'm actually not even sending you know talk about this late they she just sent the email uh yesterday on the 23rd and then and the tickets are going open on the 23rd now that's not wow necessarily that's uh uh smith house strategy they're their publicists they they send this stuff out so um <clears throat> that you can you can uh applaud a while you can say that you know they've had their ups and they've had their downs but they have gone and rolled into a, a second season. Congratulations to them. Uh, they have a, a commercial that was already put up on their YouTube channel. You can go and check that out as well. They are going to be returning to the Belasco Theater in Los Angeles, California. And as, as I just stated, the um, the tickets are now on sale. They, and and I, I have to say, as a production guy or an editor, I, I, whoever put this together, I like the commercial. It made them look like stars. And I don't mean, you know, hey, we're wild girl stars. I mean, it made them look like stars. You know, not not just stars within their show. It, it felt bigger, at least to me. So, you know, I do want to give credit where it's due in, in that regard. And they went down the line, you know, that they, they didn't just pick out something out. I, I imagine they don't really have one person that they can lean on like that. There isn't a Hulk Hogan. There isn't a Steve Austin. There isn't a John Cena. There isn't a Roman Reigns, you know, uh, somebody that they can sell the tickets around. So they sell it around everybody. And, you know, that that works. That happens. Wrestling companies do that. ECW did that a lot. They didn't want necessarily a singular star, even though they had a few that they could sell around. But they wanted the company, which is why you got the whole ECW chant rather than chanting for one single person all the time. You know, even though they did it, I'm just making the point that they made the company more important than any individual in it. And that seems to be where WoW is kind of leaning towards, is to feel like it leans towards WoW is the product that you are kind of supporting and the persons that are in the wild you know are, are stars in in their their own regard but they kind of um i don't want to say secondary to the promotion because that doesn't sound right <laughs> but the promotion comes first which is we'll i'll put it that the, the promotion in and of itself is the entity that you buy the the tickets for uh, in in most cases, now I'm sure somebody out there, no, I bought it to see Candy Crush. Okay, fine, you might, yeah, you may be an exception, but you get where I'm going with that. 
Um, one of the things that they have advertised on here is that the Beast will be returning after several weeks of, uh, be, I guess, being on the mend with her ankle. She she is now returning officially. So I would imagine that somewhere along the line, within the course of the next couple of months, we're going to see the Beast pop back in and uh, and challenge or go after the uh, championship. I, I, I would imagine that is probably going to be the route that is that is taken. One of the things that I find surprising, though, in, in the ad that I saw, is not only is the Beast returning, but Santana Garrett is returning. The same Santana Garrett that was a former WOW champion. She had been there before. But more importantly than that is like, you know, um, and I'm not the only person that said this. There's an Americana there. And you're pretty much bringing the original article when you have Santana Garrett come in. I mean, not only do they bear a very strikingly similar look, wear strikingly similar outfits, but Americana does the same finish that, that Santana Garrett does. Springboard into a standing moonsault. I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that. I mean, because I, in a normal wrestling environment, you, you don't really want people who are similar to each other. You, uh, you tend to try to get an individual look or team uh, you know, per person in the roster. That, that's normally what we aim for when you know you, you're asking or not asking, where you're suggesting people to join the roster. Or, hey, you should get this person. You should look at this guy. You should look at this girl. You're, you're, you're looking for a uniqueness and something that is not there. Uh, with Americana, you got. Well, I should say with Santana Garrett, right now you pretty much have that. You have somebody that's already there. That that roughly the same height, roughly the same look, roughly the same finish. <laughs> what? So I mean, uh, so unless they're gonna do some drastic overhauls to Americana, I'm not really sure why they're doing that. Other than you know, hey, we can get Santana Garrett back. Why? Why have the copy? We we can have the real deal. It's like. You know, we don't need demolition anymore. We got the road warriors. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, that that's what's going on. So if you are in the L.A. area or you plan on going to Los Angeles and you want to see a, a, a wild taping live, um, go check them out. You know, the, the tickets are now on sale. Uh, you know what? Maybe one of these days, I, if I find out the actual taping date, I might make a... a, a journey out west and see them live you know at least once before they uh disappear or that actually go on tour so you know because it, it'd be one or the other either the show's going to continue or not so i will uh maybe look into that at, at some point um another thing that i will make a quick suggestion for for those of you out there um i don't know if you Enjoy one Eva Marie, but uh, Natalie Eva Marie is on 
YouTube, and she has a, a video that caught my eye a little earlier. It was um, reacting to my worst total diva moments. And one of the, on the thumbnail, it has in bright yellow lettering, you don't know how to wrestle. And, you know, she, and, and she's looking at it. Now, of course, that's clickbait because I'm sure she's heard a thousand times uh, that she doesn't know how to wrestle. She, I, I know she probably heard it on that show. And she put it in, it's her channel. It's not like somebody else did it or somebody else talking about it. So I'm sure she has that on there to get some people to look, which, and it worked. You know, there's, there's 25,000 views already. Um, so I bring that up to say, um, just as a, a side note, it, it might be something that you want to check out. Now, bear in mind, outside of the Total Divas thing that she's watching, there's really not a lot of wrestling content in there. It's not like a, you're looking at an old Eva Marie match or or watching her go over an old Eva Marie match, how terrible that might be. <laughs> but... but She's not doing that. She's going over moments in, in Total Divas where she's um, talking about how she got in and how she felt at the time and so on and so forth. Now, and, and I only share that because I know some people some people are actually into her. You know, I'm, as surprised as I may be, some people were actually into her. Now, I don't want to pile on Eva Marie because she's an example of, First, I'm going to say, no, she was not a good wrestler. Let's just go ahead and nip that in the bud. She was not a good wrestler by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, <clears throat> but that said, I also don't think that was her fault. She probably got, I mean, because when is she in her 30s now? So she had to have been hired by that company right out of in her 20s. You're a 20-something-year-old, and you're offered TV, getting paid good money with the opportunity to jump right into six figures. Regardless of how trained you are, there's probably a good chance that you'll take that bet, that you'll at least try it, especially when the company itself is pretty much built around the idea of, okay, let's hire them, and we can train them later. And that's what she was. She was a victim of that. She was, let's hire her and let's train her later. She was an attractive, and I'm not going to say was in passing. She's an attractive young lady. But they stuck her in an environment that she was not prepared to deal with. She wasn't trained. And even though they had a training facility, you know, and it didn't matter what time, what point in time that she got there even if they didn't have the full-blown facility up they had uh, agreements with ovw at one point they probably were done with that by then they had agreements with uh, deep south i'm sure they was probably done with that by then but they certainly had agreement with fcw before nxt came around she had the opportunity if the wwe would have allowed it to at least try and train to do it. And they knew full well that she wasn't ready to be on anybody's main roster. There's probably at least 
15, 20 other people that were in developmental at the time that she was there that she leapfrogged because they liked her look. And it was as simple as that. They liked her look. And they just stuck her on television. This, if you want to see that, it is available now. And like I said, it's on her channel, Natalie Eva Marie. It was one of the suggested things. And I just thought it was an interesting uh, video to see how she perceives her time and Total Diva. So uh, I just wanted to pass that along. Now, before I leave it, I just want to say Total Divas was probably one of the best things that could have happened to WWE, but overall one maybe one of the worst things that happened for the women. And you know, in the long haul. It I'm sure short term it was it was probably very good. I mean the pro of it is is that it is is the WWE. They want to be and are a multimedia conglomerate. I know they don't like to look at themselves just as a wrestling company. They are a wrestling company. They just happen to be a multimedia conglomerate along with it. And having a show like Total Divas on an entirely different network than where they ran Raw and SmackDown and whatnot gave them exactly what they wanted. It gave them the opportunity to spread their brand. And you know they're all about spreading their brand. That's why we had these stupid-looking championship belts that we get. We got to have the WWE logo plastered all over it because you're a walking billboard. They're not interested in legitimacy anymore. That, that, that era for them is long gone. They want people to have that WWE logo in their face. It is why they send those championship belts as a congratulations to like the, the winning Super Bowl team or the winning you know baseball team or whoever. Because the first thing they do is that when they get it, it's on TV. They hold it up high. They had that big giant WWE logo or it's in print. And they put it a WWE logo in front of people's faces. Hell, uh, the owner of WOW has a replica WWE logo belt that was presented to her. Okay? Jeannie Buss has a WWE logo championship belt that was presented to her. And what do you find on her Instagram? You do not see a WOW championship belt. And she was presented with that on that TV. She has the WWE championship belt on the Instagram. Showed up. Thank you, Stephanie McMahon. At the time that I was that I looked, there was no sign of that WOW championship belt. So I, I'm sure she's very proud of it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that that's probably the best and worst thing that happened. It, it was it was a um, great marketing ploy, but it also fed into the whole divas thing, you know, because that show was built on the same thing that almost every reality show is built on. It's built off of confrontation and problems, and it just divas was a a uh, I don't want to say catchphrase. Divas was a title that they used to um, show their women. But in this case, it became reality. They they became divas on televisions, and I'm sure that did not do them any favors. The the women that are wrestling there now wrestle to fight from underneath that shadow. The shadow of the women aren't important on this show. The shadow of, as long as they look good, we can train them later. The shadow of sticking people on television in wrestling matches who barely know how to do it. 
because what the hell is just a women's match. It's, it's a throwaway. We don't care. They're still fighting to get from underneath that. It is the same thing that I say or that I present when I talk about WOW and I'm like, you know, some of these people do not need to be on TV. I'm sorry, but they don't. Front and center for that is Americana. She, is, she does not need to be on that television. I'm sure that they all feel differently. But maybe, since they have Santana Garrett coming back to the original article, they can, I'm not saying fire Americana, but maybe they can ship her off. Most people probably wouldn't even notice the difference and get her a little bit more seasoning and then bring her back. Anyhow. So, yeah, that, that was uh, a, just a little side note there that I wanted to pass off to, to those of you who are interested. So, let us get into the episode, shall we? This is, uh, again, the 40th episode of this incarnation, Welcomings and Whippings. You know, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I, I forgot there was one other thing that need to be that I need to say because you can say a lot of things about the WWE. You can say that they are, you know, an evil empire and they don't know what they're doing anymore or this, that, and the other. There's a lot of things that people can say about the WWE, both good and bad. But one thing that you cannot say about them is that they do not know how to promote. I, I was about to skip over that point when I was talking about Total that That's part of the whole reason that Total Divas show existed. You cannot say that they do not know how to promote. They are an industry leader, essentially, for, you know, for a reason. Now, whether I like them or not is, is irrelevant. I, I got to call a spade a spade. They are the industry leaders in wrestling. I mean, as far as just top to bottom. They control probably about 94%, 95% of the market. And that's just a, that's an undisputed fact at this point. But if they do anything, you know that they're doing it. They make it very clear to you. Our premium live event will be on this, that, and the other day. We have this other show. Watch us on Fox Fridays. Watch us on Monday nights. Watch NXT. We got this up. Be sure to look at, you know, the only shows that they probably give less uh, time to are those shows like NXT Level Up and Main Event, you know, crap like that. Why do I mention that for, you know, at this point? Why was that so important? How many of you are aware or took the time to watch or forgot that WoW has a show on Pluto TV called My Road to WoW? Anybody? Because they don't mention it on television. In fact, I mean, if you were just gauging off of TV, you probably wouldn't know anything about it at all. How many of you know that you can watch WoW on Pluto TV? Both classic, as what they label it as, and uh, new episodes. Eh, they're about the episode 34 on Pluto TV on their on-demand service. But how many of you were aware of that? How many of you are aware of their documentary? The uh, I to, I'm just going to say the history of women's wrestling because I can't remember the actual title right now. But it's, a, it's an entirely separate thing. How many of you were aware that that's on there? 
anybody. That's something that they probably should work on. They don't have a lot of promotion behind other projects that they do. They just kind of fall to the wayside. And if you didn't if you didn't hear it from somebody like me or another, you know, podcast colleague or you you're not on the websites and things like that, you probably would not know it at all. It is not their strong suit when they leave trying to, you know, outside of promoting the show. That they do all the time. I see the commercials run for it all the time. Hell, I put the commercials on playlists myself. But outside of that, no, I, I, I wouldn't know anything about it. Speaking of their commercials, wow, it's time to update your commercial. It's pretty much out of date at this point. You should you take a couple of clips and swap it out and send it out. and Feed that thing out to the stations like you did the last one and be done. All right, so now, now we can go into the actual show. Wow, uh, the, the formula is here. Let's just go ahead and say the formula is already there. We know what this is. It's an hour of a show. It's going to have four matches, generally speaking. If they have a match that's anywhere less than, than what they normally allot, then it's going to be loaded up with uh, video footage to kind of fill the quarter hour. That's pretty much what we should expect from WOW at this point. Every quarter of the hour, you're going to get a match. By the time you get to 15 minutes into it, that match should be coming into its finish. That is that is just the way it works. I was hoping that they would every once in a while switch it up, and here and there they have. I mean, you know, I, I could probably count on my hands how many times it's really changed out. But uh, every once in a while, I was like, you know, I would really wish this match would be a little bit more competitive or they gave them more time. Uh, But, you know, they have their formula. And they probably like it five, six, seven, eight minutes just because it forces the girls to have to squeeze in a bunch of action and eliminate downtime. Uh, that that's probably the the reason. That is my guess. I'm not going to say that that is solidly the answer, but it's another one of those. These this I do not know, or this I cannot prove. But if I were a betting man, I would bet that that's probably the, the large portion of the reason why we want we want to make sure that we have X amount of matches per show. In this case, four, and we'll just trim the match down because the shorter the match, the more action. You know, that, that's probably some of the logic behind that. So there's the show. It starts off with its uh, recap of the show previously and, you know, the, basically the main event of the last episode. And then they go into the, the preview of this show. The first match is Siren the Voodoo Doll and Holiday taking on the Tonga Twins. Tonga Twins, who are the... Uh, de facto lead babyface team in the company. Um, no problems here. I mean, you know, it's it's it was fine. It was it, it was a little anticlimactic though. Uh, and this was that was largely based on how the video was cut. So if you go and watch it, and the match is is short. I mean, and I just finished talking about how 
sometimes the matches are short, largely to um, to try to you know maybe try to squeeze more action in there. But you know, every once in a while, I really, really, really think that these matches need time to breathe, and this probably is one of them, and probably one of the better examples of this match needed time to breathe. It is super short. Like by the time you get to uh, what is it? The, the clip for this is like six minutes and some change, like six forty-five. Two and a half minutes of that are intros. So you're talking about maybe a three and a half, four minute match, you know, at best. And I know all four of these people are capable of doing far better. You know, I, I know they are. Holodead, Siren, the, the, the Chaos and Kona. They all are able to, you know, do far better in this environment than what they were given. Uh, it, it's just the matches was the matches short. And they, they had to do a lot in a little, in a little bit of time. The first thing that happens here is that we'll, Siren and Holiday jump the Tongas. And for whatever reason, they decide to both give them a headbutt. Which, of course, you know, you can't do that to a Tongan because all Tongans have super hard heads. That was a, uh, <laughs> that was a, uh, a callback in wrestling that I'm really surprised that they did because that, that leaned into the whole racial profiles that used to go into wrestling. Every Asian person has no karate. Every black dude has to have a hard head. Every Samoan has to have a hard head and walk around barefoot. You know, it, or be a savage. It just, you know, it's just on. It just felt like a, a kind of an outdated trope, but they didn't play into it much, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. You know, that, like I said, the, the heels here both did a, a head, but, and then, oh my God, they, they, you know, they stagger back into the turnbuckles because they, you know, couldn't deal with the pain. So now we got our, our baby faces, the tongue is in control, and they force uh, Holiday out of the ring, give a double flapjack to to um, our girl Siren. And then now the match goes in the pace of a normal match. We got some actual one-on-one competition. Now I'm not going to go into the play-by-play of the match from top to bottom, Needless to say, here's what happens here at the end. We've got one of the Tongas in the ring. She puts Siren down for the pin. Holiday comes in and stops that and tries to cut it off. But in the midst of doing that, and, and, and there's a point where they have to pretty much tell the referee, get out of the way, <laughs> because I think he was still trying to enforce the rules. I mean, you, so you can't blame him on that. He was trying to keep the other Tonga twin out, but I'm sure the spot called for all four people to be in the ring. So Holiday moves the referee, and uh, she gets a super kick in the mouth for her trouble. This is where it looks like they have a bad, I don't want to say a bad edit, but a little bit of a cover-up. <clears throat> By the time you know it cuts to a, um, a shot of the crowd, a close-up of one of the Tongas and a shot of the crowd. And then all of a sudden, it's just Siren in there with both of the twins. 
We can assume that Holiday just rolled out to the floor. I don't know that because we didn't see it. They put her in their finish, the Samoan drop slash neck breaker combo, and then one, two, three is done. It was a fine match, but again, it felt anticlimactic because at the finish, we cut away from it to right where she's being set up for the finish, being set up for their big coup de gras, so to speak. Um, the other thing I noticed in this match, like it was, I wrote the note to myself: Is AJ Mendez here? I didn't, you know, I know she was on the show. She, I heard her later, but for whatever reason, through this match, it's like didn't seem like she was saying or doing much of anything. So we will, uh, we'll skip that. That that's the uh, my train of thought for this particular match. Fine. That's the the pro of it is that it seemed like it was worked well. The con is it, it is ridiculously slow. I mean, I mean not slow, ridiculously short, and uh, it just seemed like they were trying to cover up something with that edit. But that's you know, that's just me. I can't imagine why you would just cut away like that. But who knows? We get a preview segment. For the remaining matches of the show, those matches being Gigi Gianni, Gigi Gianni versus Candy Crush, not with her tag team partner, not in a team, nor is she at ringside. You get a, a match with Tormenta taking on Princess Ozzy. And in the main event, you would have the Mother Truckers taking on the Disciplinarian and G.I. Jane. So the next match. Gianni and Candy Crush. Now, I like Gigi Gianni, and, and I've grown into Candy Crush. Uh, largely because she is no longer involved in that stupid feud <laughs> about her damn gloves. It was just insane. And then to go through all of that and basically like, well, I don't need them anymore because the power is inside of me. And I'll get back to that a little bit later on in, in, you know, in a minute. Uh, Gianni comes out with a slightly improved look. She's upgraded her, her outfit, not with the one leg thing anymore. She's got, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say proper trunks, but, but you know, that they're, they're both legs are out. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. So she, she's showing some thigh and she's got herself a, a cape. Now, I don't know what is going on with, I shouldn't say cape is a rope. But I don't know what's going on with um, the team. I will refer to them as the fashionistas. Is one of these? This is one of those issues that Wild needs to straighten up. Uh, sometimes some of these pairings and teams that they have are very inconsistent. Sometimes they're there, and then they'll say, "Oh yeah, our partner bailed out or something like," that, and then they just pop back up, and then there'll be a team again. So I don't I have no idea. I don't know whether this is the start of Gianni just being a singular star or if it's Gianni just taking a break and you know being away from the team. But I, I think they need some more clearly defined lines of the teams and the single stars. Gianni needs to be in one lane or the other. Either you're gonna be with Amber Rodriguez or not. Either you're going to be a team or not. And they don't just apply to her. It applies to a couple of people there. Because they just, you know, it seems to kind of 
morph and change and, and do whatever. I mean, exile. We saw them, what, a week ago, and at least two-thirds of the original exile group we have are no longer seeing. We don't see Malaya Hosaka, who was the ringleader slash organizer and 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 uh, lead face of exile. She she's kind of inexplicably gone. We don't see Exodus, or we haven't seen Exodus since the sixth person, a sixth woman, is basically now ice cold in Genesis. That is a uh, issue that should be corrected. I don't know how they need to correct it, but that is an issue that they should correct. So, uh, like I said, we saw Gianni. Candy Crush comes out. I want to say Crush is doing better. I think that she is putting in a lot of effort. And I am so thankful. That she is no longer doing the let's go, that that whole thing. It, it just felt like such a forced catchphrase. She comes off a lot better just in her natural self. Seeing her um, as Sugar Shaw in, in her natural environment, she, she's a likable young lady. And, you know, uh, and Crush, she has improved by leaps and bounds, in, in my view. Especially if this is the only wrestling environment that she's been in. If this is the only wrestling environment that she's been in, then, then she's absolutely improved. Um, Gigi Gianni. She's enough. She's very, very good facial expressions out of her. I, I, I love her facial expressions. When that camera gets on her face, you know exactly what she's feeling. You know, exactly, you know, you know what she's thinking. She is very good, in my view, as relating kind of the minute things there. Uh, this match is, is is a nice match. Not not overly excited. Not some hot high. high spot fest or nothing like that but it is a good match I mean uh, Gianni plays her role well she played the role of the heel very well and Crush she is a good baby face um, I wouldn't say it's a sympathetic baby face in, in this regard because it's not like she looked like she was in terrible danger throughout most of this uh, she did she did a good job of, of uh, expressing the pain that's on her face and all that stuff like that. But uh, it it was uh, for a match that I believe is their first singles match against each other. I don't recall whether Gianni and uh, Candy Crush had a match prior to now. But for a first-time match against each other, I thought they did, you know, very well. I mean, there's only room for improvement between the two of them uh, with this uh, with this confrontation with this match. There's a point in there where Gianni is able to turn it around, and she gets, you know, starts building the heat on Crush. Um, 
I forgot I wrote this note. I, I, I wrote down, I'm convinced that Wild gives kids signs the hole in the crowd. <laughs> I, I have no idea whether they do that, but all those signs, look they look all the same. All those signs look the same. I am totally convinced that they just hand these out. Here, kid, hold this up. When you see the TV, just make sure you hold it up high. They're almost all the same size. They almost all had the same handwriting. They all... No, no artwork, nothing. It's just like everybody left the house with the same exact idea. I'm just going to write your name on this bright neon sign. Nobody comes, very few people come in there like with just a plain white side. It's all neon green, neon pink, purple. It's just, <laughs> I am absolutely convinced that while just... Sits in the back, is like Dave McClellan's, hey, screw this crap out on this sign and hand it out to kids. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, there's a really good spot in the match. I need to get my get my composure back. Anyway, there's a spot in the match where Candy Crush um hoists Gianni up on her shoulders. Uh, we don't know what she's going for. I'm just going to say it, it uh, might have been an attitude adjustment or TKO or something like that. Gianni was able to break free with a couple of elbow shots to the side of the head. Does that Randy Orton back neck slash backbreaker when she kind of hooks you from behind and then drops to her knees, forcing her opponent to pop their back on her back. So it, it was it was very nice. And the finish also very nice. I actually like this finish out of Candy Crush better than her trying to get up to the uh, second rope so she could pop that uh, Superwoman punch. They call it the Candy Crush, whatever, the KO Crush or something like that. So at the end, uh, Gianni tries to get a kick in her midsection because after the back break, she goes for the cover. She's unsuccessful with the cover, of course. At some point, they get back up to their feet. Gianni tries for a kick. Crush catches that and gives her a quick spin, a reverse elbow, and then she rolls into the the ropes, jumps up and pops her in the face with that quick, I just say superwoman punch. The KO crusher is what they call it. So I'm, I will stick with that. KO crusher. I I have no complaint about this match. I have nothing but praise for the both of them. I, you know, th- this is one of those things that she is getting much better. I still wish, I still wish that she would take matches elsewhere. And I know Wild doesn't necessarily encourage that, but I don't think they um, discourage it either. Uh, I know there's several of them that do take independent bookings, but those are the ones that were on the independents to begin with. And then the ones that are on WoW, you know, they're largely like, I don't want to work anywhere but WoW. But in this case, I would really, really, really suggest or push if Candy Crush is there and she gets any advice from anybody, go take some other bookings. You're getting good. Keep that up. And, you know, being able to work in different environments, being able to work in a different size ring, being able to work with different opponents, being able to speak on the mic, being able to uh, adjust on the fly. Those are the things that the independents will probably get her, provided that she goes to some reputable ones, 
But yeah, I, 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 I beat a dead horse with that. But I, I would really, really hope that she would uh, take one of those bookings, get to an in, uh, independent promotion, and you know maybe pick up a few tricks along the way. But a good match. If um, if you were going to uh, check out anything, I would say check this out. It doesn't go anywhere. Now, the, the two matches that we just talked about, those matches are cold. There's no angle behind it. There, there's no angle behind the Tonga Twins taking on Siren and Holiday. There was no angle behind Kane and Crescent taking on Gianni. These are just cold matches. Now, the matches are fine, but they're just cold matches. Now, the other thing that, that I have to say before we move out of the GG Gianni and Candy Crush match is this comment that David McClain made during the match. They have begun to develop this habit of the commentary will fix all. As long as we say it in the commentary, then we can change the narrative of what, what has happened. Somewhere in there, McClain says, oh yeah, and she got her gloves back. Just kind of in, in the middle of her coming out the ringside and talking about Candy Crush. Yeah, she's got her gloves back. When did this happen? This happens too much that they start talking about things that either completely contradict what was seen on TV or it just never happened at all. In this case, it contradicts what happened on TV. The whole angle, and I'm getting, this is what I was coming back to, at least part of it. This is the first half. The whole angle with Candy Crush chasing relentlessly after these gloves ended with her telling Angelica Dante in the ring, on the microphone, in front of a camera, you know what, I don't even care. You keep Basically, keep the gloves. I don't need them anymore. And then they went on this whole angle, well, not angle, but then they went to this whole uh, narrative of, she found out she didn't need the gloves. The power was inside of her all along, right? So at what point did she get these gloves back? Why was it important to even mention that when it didn't happen? I mean, look, it's their universe, and they can do whatever they want. If he says that they that she got her gloves back, then I guess she does. But again, you know, if you're going to do that, at least, at least entertain the audience and show us that she got it. That would have been a better finish than her going on chasing these people down, fighting these fights against these quote-unquote monsters for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, only to turn around and say, you know what, I know those are the gloves that I was fighting for, but you know what, forget it. That would have been a far better finish if she had actually gotten them. But since you didn't do that, stick to the story. Don't just change it just because it sounds convenient. These are the things <laughs> that gives me a while. As much as I can give some praise to it, these are the things that that's put me on a side rail with them. And here's another one. <clears throat> so the next segment, this would probably be, let's see, three, six, no, this is segment five. Next segment is Sofia Lopez in a video uh, a vignette, I should say, with Tormenta. The first thing I said or wrote down as I watched this for a few minutes was this was a great way to reintroduce Tormenta. It was a great way to reintroduce her. 
It looked good. It was presented well. It did not have to be the, the traditional backstage interview thing. It was presented very well because I could buy that Sofia Lopez would go out of, I don't want to say out of her way, but I would buy that she would produce something like this to send a wow. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm applying logic for them at this point. But I could, I could get the, the concept that she would do something like this to reintroduce Tormenta to the viewing audience. And so you've got Lopez behind her desk with Tormenta standing at her side. And Tormenta's giving her story in Spanish. Whereas Lopez is standing there uh, translating this all for it. For everyone that's watching, this was this was very well done. Now, the only thing that, that got me here that I didn't understand is they talked about her returning to Mexico and suffering one of the worst things that could happen to a luchadora, and that is losing her mask. That much is true. That is that has been presented, you know, very much over several years that I've watched wrestling, and <clears throat> the hair and the mask have always been kind of regarded as, you know, it, it's a almost a sin <laughs> to to lose your mask. You know, the the mask is is what makes you. To have that thing taken away is, you know, is is the worst insult that you can have as a luchador, or, as a, or in this case, a luchadora. But I'm watching this, and she's wearing essentially the same mask that we saw her in when she was last on WoW. So I am not really sure what they're trying to relate. It, 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 that part of it didn't make sense to me. Everything else about this was fine. But to stand there like, and she lost her mask while she's standing there with a mask on, and not even a different one, it's, it's like the same mask. And, and even if it were a different mask, it looks identical. So, so I, this is the part of the, of the story that didn't make any sense. I, it, it, I know that there's probably a thousand people that watch WoW right now that's going to look it up like, oh, this is great and, it, and it's perfect. But I, I, I do ask for certain things to have some level of continuity because if it's not something that relates to wow i'm not sure why you're bringing it up that's the verse that like she lost her mask in mexico so now everybody in wow must pay i don't see the relevance there it's like nobody in wow caused you to lose it if anything what she ended with in this promo is what should have been the driving point she went back to mexico to relearn and get better and you know come back as a sharper knife or whatever you know however she wants to phrase it and her objective now the goal is clear she is going to be the first mexican born women's champion in the you know women's wrestling champion or champion of wow or however she phrased it that's you know all of that's fine i just the the mask part i was like I, what are you talking about I, you got a mask on right now you know cuz normally you lose the mask you, you're done. You don't wear it anymore. 
So I, so what are we talking about here? How bad would it be? I mean, it, you lost it and you, and you have another one. Any luchador could do that. You know, but that defeats the purpose of the stipulation. You're supposed to lose it and no longer wear it. So I don't I don't get this. Looks good. Ended on a good note. It's just that little point in between that I don't get. The other side of this uh um segment featured Princess Ozzy, who is talking about what she's in WoW for. Now, Ozzy is another story because she is somebody who had a uh, an angle that just went nowhere. She was kidnapped by the dark side a season or so ago in an angle that never ended. It just It just went away. Now, they talk about some of it in this. They talk about the sticks that she got as a gift from her mother or grandmother wanted to do. I don't, you know, at this point, I honestly don't care. Um, But it, uh, she talks very, this is what I was looking for. Subject matter that she's talking about aside, she, much like the previous promo it was this was a good one this is another good one and she presents will in front of the camera and she presents will in doing a promo in front of the camera uh everything was good here and with the exception of the mask statement it all made sense to me promos like that i mean when you have them back to back like that it, it makes it difficult to see who's going to win and that and that was one of the pluses that i had here. i was like you had Two people kind of talked this thing up. Now, I also wrote before the match started, I said, it makes it difficult to see who will win, and I wrote good. <laughs> Explanation point, good. But on the side of that, I wrote, Tormenta needs this win more than Ozzy does. Why does Tormenta need this win more than Ozzy does? She has not won in WoW at all. That's why. So to go and, you know, have this whole story about how you're taking this sabbatical and all this good stuff, only to come back and and essentially lose, yes, she lost, is uh, very disappointing. Very, very, very disappointing. I also don't know what in the hell are they doing with Sofia Lopez. I like Sofia Lopez. I do. But it's been weeks of this now, and we don't know where this is going. She comes out every time she comes to ringside, and she is smiling, and she is happy, and she's shaking hands, and she's shaking hands with the kids. She's baby-facing this thing up. And then when the match starts, she's a heel. Grabbing legs, giving uh, uh, her briefcase and stuff like that. Smile, but she smiles coming out. She smiles during the intro. She she's as, and the kids are by. They don't know. It's not being made clear. If you can't make it clear for a ten year old, then you're doing something wrong. They need to determine what is it that they're trying to do 
with Sophia Lopez. This is very unclear. Be clear about what you're doing. Either she's going to be a babyface manager or she is not. She doesn't need to do both of them. I mean, she when she does the whole introduction, she makes people cheer for Tormenta. They should not be cheering for her. She's the heel. But this has been going on with them for a while. Ever since they started to show back up, this has been going on. with, And it hasn't been any sign of hinting towards insincerity or that this is going somewhere or that she, you know, they haven't suggested that she's doing this to try to earn favor with the fans, even though she doesn't mean it. None of those things have ever been made clear. It's just... I come out here and I smile and I'm and I look, you know, genuine and happy and all that stuff. But then when the match starts, I go into trying to be a heel. I I, I don't get that. Nor do I get them putting this camera on this dude who is super hamming it up in the middle of this in, in the middle of these introductions. I, that was just come on. Uh, I guess everybody's got it. It's at the beginning of the show. We all get our 15 minutes of fame, and I guess that was his. But, yeah, there's some cat out there who is super-duper hamming it up. Lip-syncing, I love you. and I don't know. Anyhow. So, the match, uh, you already know who's going to win this thing. I already gave you that, so I'm just going to kind of go through the breakdown. One of the things that they uh, talked about here was basically like those gloves. They talked about Princess Ozzy and the gift of, of the sticks and how they were burned and destroyed. But then all of a sudden she realized after a while that the power was inside her and, you know, she never needed them. But it's, it, it was rinse and repeat. The story with her sticks is the exact same story with the gloves is rinse and repeat. It is another reason why, like, you know, sometimes I really do question who this show is written for. Is it written for kids or is it written for adults? Because if it's, I mean, I see a bunch of kids out there and they clearly must tape this where it is not like, hey, you can't be bringing your kid in here. They're trying to make a family-friendly product, obviously. But I don't know uh, if this show should be written for kids when it airs, generally speaking, at 11 o'clock at night in most markets or later. I mean, the earliest may be 10. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I do not know. I wish somebody in the wild would open their mouth and say, this is our demographic, this is what we're shooting for, or explain some of these things that are inexplicable. Um. <clears throat> The most part of this match is, you know, is fine. It's, it's, uh, there, there, there's fine, uh, action between the two. There, there seems to be a reasonable chemistry between them. I still stand by that Tormenta needed this far more than Ozzy did. You don't, I mean, not just for Tormenta's sake, but for Sofia Lopez's sake. Sofia Lopez has been made out to be, I won't say a liar, but she's been made out not to be, not to know what she's talking about with her talent. She has had 
three. Eh, well, okay. She's had more than that because some of them have come in and gone out. They don't, they don't even acknowledge Wrecking Ball as part of her group anymore. She's just gone. But between Los Benditas and Tormenta, that's three people, right? And the promises have been made for all three. They're going to be the next wild tag team champions. They're going to be the, she's going to be the next wild champion. The second that she said that they were going to be the next wild tag team champions in that vignette about Banditas, they have not won a match since. They were undefeated leading into that. And it felt like that that uh, interview or that, that promo was setting them up for big things. But nope. They immediately lost and they've continued to lose ever since that point. Tormenta is no different. She got the grand return, the, the big setup by uh, by Sofia Lopez. They gave her the video. They gave her. She gave her a super introduction, and all for naught. She just went out there and lost again. Now, how did she lose in this particular case? Well, at a point in the match, Lopez is trying to cheat. For Tormenta. Again, we have our pseudo babyface manager who's a pseudo heel here, and she left her briefcase on the apron for Tormenta to use after Tormenta attempted a pinfall. She had her in a uh, uh, torture rack position and fell backwards, dropping Ozzy on her stomach. Ozzy was able to kick out of that, and uh, Lopez leaves the, the briefcase, her steel Halliburton on the apron, and she goes around to, to address Tormenta. She's, she tells her, hey, look, you know, basically yelling, hey, my briefcase, go get it. So apparently the referee is deaf, and he couldn't hear that, and she gets up on the apron to distract the ref. Tormenta gets the briefcase and then gets kicked in the face for her trouble. The briefcase is, of course, in front of her face, so not only she takes she takes the kick with the briefcase popping her in the head. She drops that. That leaves her down. Ozzy is now set up for her finish, which is the big frog splash. She goes up to the top, nails her, one, two, three, and Lopez has another loser in her stable. So that march to the championship is just... <laughs> Greatly detoured. Yeah, I mean, that, that road to victory took a swift detour to defeat. Now, we go into uh, another preview of the next segment for your main event. And Before I do that, I, I will repeat. Ozzy winning is fine. The segment that she had before this was fine but she needed that win a lot less than Tormenta does Tormenta has no stock in this promotion if they turn around and they decide to stick her in the main event all of a sudden just out the clear blue I am I severely question why you would do that I was like it's it would be insane. I don't even know how you could justify it. 
But that's where it is. I mean, we we've got a uh, a a team of people under Sofia Lopez who have all lost and lost repeatedly in spectacular fashion over and over and over again. So seeing either one of them, either the team or the singular person with a championship belt at any given time in there, it sounds very far-fetched. But they've done ridiculous things before, so who knows. Uh, after the preview segment, there's a, another preview for what is going to be coming next week. They have a segment of Vicky Lynn McCoy in action against, uh, well, I might as well just go ahead and say it. She's, she's going to be taking on, um, which one is it? It's, it's one of the, the new, might as well call them Beach Patrol girls because you know it's going to happen at some point. Uh, Sandy Shore. She'll be taking on Sandy Shore in the main event. And what a main event that will be. But I understand, according to the press release, Sandy Shore and uh, uh, Crystal Waters, who they label her as a newcomer, even though she had uh, wrestled for the championship, allegedly, in, in their terrible episode 25 that she was in and didn't do or say anything just kind of was in the match and disappeared uh apparently crystal waters and sandy shore are going to be a tag team surprise surprise and the team is going to be called spring break 24 7 and since we're doing the um uh preview of next week might as well just go ahead and give you the preview now uh, wherever you're listening to this or whenever you're listening to this it will be Reina Del Rey in Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball has come back from the middle of nowhere to tag up with her partner again, maybe until the next time she disappears against Chantilla Chella and Fox Fierce. I expect Del Rey and, and Wrecking Ball to go over. Uh, Crystal Waters, who they have listed as one half of the freshest tag team in the wild, Spring Break 24-7. And they're such a fresh tag team that we're going to debut them both in singles competition. So she will be taking on BK Rhythm. I expect BK Rhythm to lose like she always does. The newly formed team of Team Spirit Squad. So we got another new team with Randy Rara and Ariel Sky. Assumably, the coach will be at ringside. And they're going to be taking on Exile, or at least this version of Exile with Ice Cold and Genesis. I assume Team Spirit Squad should win. And in the main event, like I just said, Vicky Lynn McCoy will take on Sandy Shore, and I, that should be a squash match for Vicky Lynn McCoy to keep her strong. That, those are the things that should happen. We'll see if they do. All right. So the next thing that was in that segment is the recap of the angle of the mother truckers, and it shows their deal with Sofia Lopez. Now, where that deal will go, I have the foggiest idea because it's not like it got addressed again tonight or during you know during this particular episode it was just something that was won and done possibly because you know how they are that it would not surprise me if that is not brought up until six weeks from now or if at all they may have just forgotten about it and just moved on 
But this is our main event and the recap of them having a feud with the disciplinarian and, and G.I. Jane, you know, just one match apiece, and then they had their truck stolen, which David McClain is now saying, oh, it was G.I. Jane that did it. I'm like, oh, okay. We didn't see that, and I thought, and this that angle was just entirely ridiculous. As G.I. Jane took their truck and drove it from Los Angeles to Tennessee for some reason. And then for some other reason, the mother truckers are the ones that got arrested for getting their own truck back. So, I mean, and we never found out what the charge was. Because I would imagine they should be able to prove that the truck belongs to them. But, you know, assault maybe. <laughs> and I guess they're not smart enough to try to press charges against uh, Samantha Smart the way that apparently somebody pressed charges against them. And they had to stay in jail for weeks for stealing their own truck. All of that was stupid. <sighs> Main event. The Mother Truckers versus the Disciplinarian and G.I. Jane. Uh, this is a revenge angle. Or a match of revenge. And it is very clear that this is a match of revenge, and I'm fine with that. Um, I have said before that I like Jane. She's green. She is incredibly green. And it came across in this match how green she was, but I, st I still like her. Uh, honestly, she's probably somebody who does not need to be on TV either. Just because of reasons like that. She needs more practice and or seasoning. It would be, if she's another one, it would be great if they had some agreement or they encouraged her, hey, go work some of these matches so you can get used to it or what have you. But that didn't happen. And it's probably not going to happen. Uh, so, Jane, the disciplinarian, and, and Samantha Smart all come out the ringside first. Smart is out giving lip to the crowd. Nobody there seems scared of him, so I really don't know if I would suggest that they continue doing that. I, I want them to be not, not necessarily intimidating, but I do want them to kind of come off as the heels that they should be. The truckers rush the ring when they are introduced and they jump start the match. Which basically leads, now Holly Swag has to wrestle as the underdog here and the mom, formerly Amazing Maria, now Big Rig Betty, has to work as the, the muscle. Uh, I am, you know, pretty sure given that she was essentially retired from injury, uh, not all that long ago. That this is largely so that she can get the opportunity to A, work a national promotion in her career, and B, and probably more importantly, get the chance to work with her daughter. That is her legitimate daughter. I know some people might question that, but no, that Holly Swag or Hollywood, depending on where you're watching her, is, a, uh, is her child. <laughs> so... Um, one thing G.I. Jane does well is she bumps great. She, I mean, she, she does some 
some nice bumps in there. I mean, even for good old Holly Swag, she she bounced around for it and everything, and and did it in a believable way. It's not like Swag just body slammed her and stuff like that. But she, you know, she took took her down. You know, leverage maneuvers and things like that. Uh, <clears throat> side note. You know, remember that schoolyard brawl that took place a couple of weeks ago with the disciplinarian and and uh, and Samantha Smart? Why did she not use that gigantic paddle that she carries to the ring all the time? I mean, if ever there was a, a, a time to use it, why didn't she use it then? I mean, you know, that's that's a little side thing. I mean, because that looked like it hurt. That looks like a weapon. But no, we couldn't do that. We got to use dodgeballs and papers and pencils and tennis rackets and who knows. And, and and they didn't even really use a tennis racket. I did not not for anything other than smacking the ping pong balls around at least. So, uh like I said, if there's anything that shows up in this match and I don't think you have to be a uh expert wrestling uh enthusiast the notices that Jane at points were was a little green here. Uh there's a point that Samantha Smart did get herself involved. She got her hands on the uh on Holly Swag so she could help turn the tide for G.I. Jane. Um Jane did the the big boot to the chest of Swag, which I thought they have established as her finish at least the last when she came back in that singles match a week or so ago, that was what was used. But she pops Holly Swag with it, and it, and it didn't finish the match. Now, granted, she did not go for the pin either. But you know, I, I think Jane, in particular, at this stage of her career, should be she had that move as protected as she can to get some value out of it. Samantha Smart. Although not a wrestler, had her working boots on. She was choking out uh, Holly Swag with the rulers. She's distracting the, you know, trying to distract Swag. You know, she popped her throat across the ropes. Uh, she was doing heel manager stuff. I mean, she she was in in full heel mode. And that's one thing I can say that Samantha Smart has that Sophia Lopez, and that I'm sorry to be comparative, but that's the one thing that Smart has that Lopez does not. Smart is a heel from the moment she comes out to the moment she leaves. There is no debating it. There is no confusion with it. There's, you know, the kids do not applaud her or smile at her or reach out to shake her hand. Because she is the recognized bad guy here. Uh, honestly, I think Lopez could borrow something from that. She needs to be a heel from start to finish. It doesn't seem like she's going to do that, but she she should be a heel from start to finish. This is a typical Mother Truckers match. If you've seen one, then you've pretty much seen the formula. I'm not going to say if you've seen one, you've seen them all, because that's unfair to the truckers. They do work well. But the formula is, generally speaking, because of Swag's size, the heat is on her. And she has to generally endure the pain. She has to take the beating in the match. And somehow get the hot tag, and then you know they they try to turn around from that point out. 
Uh, and she she took some punishment here. Holly Swag took some punishment. She took punishment from being slammed around by Jane. She took punishment from the disciplinary. She took punishment from Samantha Smart. And it, it was it was all good. Now here is a point of in the match where the mother truckers had to pretty much halt themselves to try to keep the match going because G.I. Jane did a what I can only describe as a as a rookie mistake. So there's a point in the match where she picks Holly Swag up and she walks her head first into a neutral corner. And she delivers a, a good, you know, spiked her head right on the, on the top turnbuckle. It was fine. She's yelling at somebody out at ringside, but what she does is that she walks her to the next turnbuckle, which is in her corner. Now, did she recover from it fast? Yes, she did. But it was a big mistake because now it it forced both Holly Swag and Big Rig Betty to look like they had a force field in between them and somehow could not tag. It just was like, okay, what, this, this invisible wall that's between you. Any other time, a smack on the shoulder, a slap on the hand, anything like that will do, but both of them like, what? What's going on? You know, they, they both had their hands up, but neither one of them could make the tag. And like I said, I am sure that that was not supposed to happen. She gets over in the corner. They feign wanting to tag, but they're trying to slow this thing up so that uh, Swag can get pulled away. Jane recovers quickly, and she elbows R- Big Rig Betty. And then yanks her and walks her into the middle of the ring and, and slams her head down to the to the mat. So she, you know, recovers fast, but it like I said, it's the moments like that that where the experience level begins to show. <clears throat> uh Swag is doing everything that she can to hold on. Like I said, the the formula for the a mother trucker's match is, is pretty standard. Swag gets loose. She essentially boxes the ears of Jane so she can break a bear hug that she's in, and then she hits her with her variation of a cold breaker, which necess- necessitates, I was about to triple the word, necessitates a tag from Jane. Uh, at the same time, Swag gets over and she makes the, the tag to Betty. Now Betty's doing the cleanup, and here is where the disciplinarian gets the bump around for Betty. She takes a couple of clotheslines, takes the elbow, gets the rear waist lock, gets spin around, and then catches a clothesline, a short arm clothesline. Uh, Amazing Maria, oh, excuse me, Big Rick Betty. This isn't me. That's a, her former persona. Big Rick Betty is, you know, in charge here. G.I. Jane stops the uh, the the pin. Now, here is a little bit of inconsistency in, in that Swag comes in when G.I. Jane breaks the pin to, I guess, run interference on G.I. Jane. Somehow or another, she developed some upper body strength and locked her into this full Nelson that G.I. Jane just couldn't get out of. And then that Gave them both the chance to hit their own individual finish. 
While she's in the full Nelson on the other side, Big Rick Betty hits a stunner. I don't know what they call her version of it. And Swag um, does like a spin-out quick uh, sit-out clothesline. <laughs> she releases the – I'm trying to describe this best can. She, she releases the full Nelson, holds her by the wrist, spins her around, comes back with a short-arm clothesline that she jumps up for and kind of sits out when she lands. That apparently knocks G.I.J. out, and the disciplinarian's out too with the stunner, and we got a double count, even though two, of, you know, half of both teams were in the ring and they were illegal. But the count goes down anyway, so the mother truckers have won this thing. And the disciplinarian, G.I.J., go back to their losing ways. Now, at the end of the match, Smart tries to attack them at the end. And, you know, this is this is fine because, it, you know, it, it it's always fun to see the manager get theirs, especially when the manager does a bunch of stuff. So that's why I'm glad that Samantha Smart has really thrown herself into being a manager. So she, she gives them effort, but she gets beat at the end or, or beat up in the end. And they get on the microphone. They cut a, a promo. They, they do the whole, uh, you know, character pun thing, honk, honk. Let me hear a honk, honk and all that stuff. Uh, I wrote, I hope this finishes up. <laughs> you know, this pretty much finishes up this match. And by the way that they're talking, it seems like it would finish it up. You've got Holly Swatch. She gets on the microphone at the, after Big Rick Betty finishes talking. And she said, we're done with them. We don't want to see them anymore. We're, we're finished with that. And they're talking to McLean, who is the matchmaker at, ring, you know, at ringside. So this is it. I mean, I, I guess this finishes, even though this thing got dragged out for an unnecessary amount of weeks. Uh, because they had to tell some kind of story in it. But if you remove the story... The matches are fine. If you get rid of the the idea that they had to go through this, my truck is stolen and we got to go to Tennessee. Now we got to drive back to L.A. and now we got to get a match. If you eliminate the ridiculousness of that story in between this, the three matches that they had are fine. Uh, I really would have liked to have seen where they're going, if they're going anywhere with Sofia Lopez. You know, I thought maybe she might come out and take a look. Maybe she might come out and say, hey, you owe me. You need to lay down and let them win and then transfer the heat over to her. You know, anything. Just just to uh, remind us that this happened in something other than the, the angle recap. But um, <sighs> that didn't happen. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. I mean, I, I won't be surprised if they pop up with this thing, who knows, three or four weeks down the line. But I also won't be surprised if they never acknowledge it again. And that's sad. It's sad that this that is a regular occurrence enough to wow that it, that it would not surprise or shock me in the least. So we have another episode up, another episode down, and this is probably a solid C for me. Not bad, not great, but not bad. Three of the four matches here 
had nothing behind them. They were just matches to fill out the show, which is what they're supposed to do. So I'm not. That's not a complaint. But yeah, you know, the three to four matches here were just cold matches. Now again, nothing wrong with that. The matches are fine. I enjoyed Crush and Gigi Gianni. That was the match that I enjoyed more. I thought the Siren Holiday uh, versus the Tonga Twins matches match not matches. I thought that match was just did not have the oomph at the end because of that cut. It just felt like it just jumped towards the end. Um Ozzy and Tormenta, fine. I just the the preview for that could have helped make or break that and it 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 made it for Princess Ozzy, but Ozzy did not need that win. She just didn't. She she's got enough if you watch this long enough, she's got enough equity in there that she can survive a loss. Uh, Tormenta, however, she's damaged goods. She left with no wins. She came back to a, a nice introduction and lost again. At this point, it's time to move on from that. She, she's no main eventer. This is, let's just be done with that. She, she's a jobber in that, in that company. She has no equity. She has no stock in that promotion whatsoever. Uh, unless they do something suddenly out of the blue that's going to start her winning. And then we got to the Mother Truckers and the Disciplinary versus G.I. Jane with Samantha Smart. Like I said, this this match is fine. It's a pretty typical Mother Truckers match. That doesn't make it bad, but you know what you're getting when you watch a Mother Truckers match. Tip, you know, basically when you see them uh, on the screen. I mean, it's almost like they, they have to work that way. I'm, and I'm and I agree. Unless Unless they have somebody like uh, uh, Ice Cole, who's basically about the same height and size as Holly Swag. Outside of that, uh, Holly has to be the one that, to take the beating. She has to be the one to bounce around. She has to be the one that they get the advantage on. Uh, and I'm fine with that. And uh, I'm honestly fine with the Mother Truckers winning just to get past the, the feud I just would have liked to have seen where are we going with the Sofia Lopez deal, uh, which also didn't make a lot of sense to me that they would hire what we know to be a heel manager as if there are no other lawyers in the world. Now, in the WOW universe, there are no other lawyers. There's only Sofia Lopez. But So I guess good or bad, babyface or heel, if you're in legal trouble, you better call Sofia. Matter of fact, they should go ahead and, and uh, cut that commercial. It's amazing to me how WoW exists in this universe. I'll use the words that Kevin Nash, uh, the terms that he called it, back in the day with the WWE. Back in you know, this is long before a lot of you guys, but back in the day with the WWE or WWF at the time, where the occupation of the wrestler was more important than the wrestling, where you had the race car driver, or you had the garbage man, or you had the magician, or you had the, the hockey player. Uh, you know, you, you had any number of occupations that was there that was more important than them actually being a wrestler because they, they they had to come out there and this stuff, and they had to use the, the wrestling puns. If you were Duke the Dumpster Drossy, you came out with a garbage can smacking the lid saying, I'm going to clean up this the Federation or something ridiculous like that. 
And you knew full well then, the moment that you saw him, that he was never going to win a championship. He was never going to be anything more than just a mid-card guy. Because, just because. Anybody that went anywhere past that point had to either drop the gimmick or they, you know, change their look altogether. So, uh, that that's... That's the show, you know. That's, I guess the, the point of that was I was thinking about that as I was looking at the mother truckers. Like, you know, are they actually supposed to still be truck drivers? Like, one of them is supposed to be a truck driver. The other one is supposed to be a tow truck a tow truck driver. Is this what they're supposed to be doing when they're off, when they're not with WOW? I mean, you know, it was, it was interesting enough how they joined the company with just on the word of Jesse Jones, like, I want to, you know, the, the, these are my friends from Kentucky. And then all of a sudden it was just a wow. But, you know, again, that goes back to that statement. Who is this for? Is this for kids? Because if it's for kids, then all no, that's fine. If it's for adults, it probably needs more explanation. If it's for critical thinking adults, I should say, because there's some adults out there that do not care. They'll kiss Wild's butt up and down and right up the middle. If Wild asked him to, everything that Wild does is great. Everything that Wild does is fine, and they don't question a second of it. Uh, they they have some good matches here, but you know sometimes the continuity and and angles that they present can leave a little something to be desired, just a little bit. But if I am going to make a suggestion on this show for the match for you to watch. I will I will say two, you know, uh, in my opinion. A, Gigi Gianni versus Candy Crush. For the brief amount of time that he did it, I thought the match was entertaining. And removing the video package aside, because the video package, in my view, ruins it. In a bubble, the match is fine. But the video package leading into this on TV with them talking up Tormenta and, and this whole background and all that stuff, to have her do that and then go and lose is a little disappointing. Now, the saving grace of that angle is it just wasn't uh, Tormenta alone. It was the Tormenta slash Princess Aussie uh, video package. So... It wasn't a case of what they used to do where they would do this big old video package and then that person would go right out and lose. They did both of them. So one had to win, one had to lose. It was so in, in that regard, it's fine. Like, like I said, it makes it very difficult to tell who would win. And that's what I like. I, I don't want to walk in there all the time knowing who's going to walk out the winner. I want to I want to be surprised. I want to enjoy it. I want to, I want to feel on the edge of my seat with some of that. But it does not change the fact that Tormenta needed that win more than Princess Ozzy did just in terms of stock and how she would be perceived by the viewing audience. So that would be the show, folks. That is the entirety of WOW episode 40, welcomings and whoopings. So now we're just waiting for 41. We could do it all over again and see how much of that show that I previewed is going to be good. And will they explain why Spring Break 24-7 is, even though a tag team are debuting singularly? 
How they gonna explain, you know, why Vicky Lee McCoy is even in this match? Since she be defending, you know, the the group from all comers or whoever else. Matter of fact, who is the number one contender now? I mean, I, I haven't seen Leah McCoy ever since she got hit with the, apparently this incredibly powerful touchdown tornado power bomb that Vicky Lynn does. And um, <clears throat> I want to mention another thing here. Because every once in a while when I come across um, some of the, the other names on the independent circuit, I like to share that. Because if there's one thing that I can say that is very clear, the women who are uh, really polished and really good on this show, you can almost bet came from the independent somewhere. You can almost bet that they were not the product of wow and wow alone. They worked someplace else with uh, with other independents, with other wrestlers that sharpened them up. So by the time they got to, to here, they were ready. They were ready and they were ready to go. I, I bring that up to say, and I forget her name. I think it's Evelyn, Evelyn Lynn, I think. I might be wrong, but Vicky Lynn works under a different name out in the, um, I don't say out in the public. Uh, out in the Indies. She, she, she works at, under a different name out in the Indies. And uh, Kelsey Lynn. That's a Kelsey Lynn. And there is a bull rope match that she's in. That bull rope match probably would take up half of the show that she, that uh, she's on right now. Uh, but it goes back to what I'm saying. She, you got somebody there who is good, and you know she's good, and you know why she's good because of this, because her experience lends beyond. Wow. And I can tell you now that that bull road match that she had is never anything that you're going to get on wild television. Uh, not because it was so violent or, you know, they went through a whole bunch of things like that, but she did bleed. She, she had a, a face full of blood by the time that that match was over with. So, <laughs> And even though WoW has not defined that they are specifically for kids or adults, I am very sure that the last thing that they want to do is have somebody on their television with a face full of blood, even if it is one of their top names. Uh, but, uh, but I say that to say, if you get the opportunity, you should uh, probably go seek that match out. It is a women's bull rope match with Kelsey Lynn versus uh, Micah Madrid. I might be pronouncing her last name wrong, but you get the idea. Uh, so, yeah, man, that, that was uh, the the episode. You know, I I, I would um, encourage you to check out the, the Candy Crush and, and uh, Gigi Gianni match. If you're looking for a suggestion outside of that, you've gotten my suggestion here. If you still want to have kind of the wild narrative, uh, she's it's under a different name, but it's still the same person. 
Uh, Kelsey Lynn versus Micah Madrid. M A D R I D. And this is a women's bull rope match. And uh, fair warning, it is a hard cam match, meaning there's only one camera. And it is not far, far away. I mean, it's enough where you can see all the action, but you're not going to have a, a extreme close-up of, of, of the match. And I, I just got to say, and I wish that she had the opportunity to do this in, the, in uh, WoW, that Kelsey Lynn tosses a mean powerball. I mean, it, it, it looked good. She is, and maybe it's because of how the girl took it, and that's that's probably very true. But she throws a mean powerball. And if I were in Wow, and I was doing an angle like they tried to pull off with Leah Makoa, where the touchdown tornado was so vicious that it you know knocked her out of Wow for you know she's been eliminated as as Lana Star claimed. That's the move I would have had to do. I, was, I would that would have been the instruction right there. I need you to go in that ring. I need you to win with the with the the tornado touchdown. But when that thing is over with, I want you to power bomb her until somebody comes out there to stop you. <laughs> Enough to where you would understand why that stretcher is coming. But yeah, that is my suggestion for the week. It is presented by TCW Florida. I do not get anything from that. I just like suggesting some extra matches that you know you guys can check out, that you can watch, that you can get out and enjoy. Uh, so that one, and it's unique. It is unique. A bull rope match, a women's bull rope match, and they did not hold anything back. It is, you know, for all intents and purposes. A pretty violent match when you're talking about the fact that this woman has a, a face full of blood by the time it's over with. So go and check that out. Women's bull rope match. Kelsey Lynn versus Micah Madrid. Uh, and I probably have pronounced the name two or three different ways, but but just work with me here. Work with me. I, I'm just you know putting that suggestion out there. And I will try to provide other ones uh, as the weeks go on. Uh, that's it folks that was a full episode it was a fun episode average episode but still fun I I, I would uh, I gave you my two I won't recap them again but I would keep my eyes open for next week because it sounds like it is going to be fairly interesting that they have a tag team that's being introduced in singular matches I, I'm just sometimes I wonder Sometimes I just really do. I wonder where these things are going. And with that, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, folks. And we will see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel, at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.